Once I was lost in my sin and confusion, seeking for someone to show me. Save me and he changed. 
It's still living, it's still breathing. 
And in its pages we can hear God's voice. And one time has it ever come back void? Cause not one word of God has changed. Every promise it still remains. Who he was, he is today. Not one word of God has changed. It's where I learned to love my And no one's ever out of reach. Each line has the power to change regret. It reminds me there's no sin he won't forget. Cause not one word of God has changed. Oh, every promise. forgiveness in his message there's a new path to direction and for the brokenhearted it restores and the lost are found by his words not one word of God
Before the Lamb of God. 
hallelujah, Lord. You're worthy of it all. Oh, for from you are all things. Yes, to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Yes, you're worthy of it all. enough in this life to ever be worthy but he's worthy of all this morning and I the part where they talk about the elders casting their crowns before the Lamb of God 
I'll tell you what, if that doesn't excite you, that's going to be a scene like no other one of these days.
God, thank you for the offering today. God has been good, been good all week, and I know he knows who's here. I know he knows the hearts of every one of us. And I thank God for the promise. We have a promise. Throughout scripture, the promises are all through the Bible, all through the things. And today, this week, I was thinking on something that stuck with me. Don't know that I've ever preached about it, but I'm going to preach about it today the best that I can. One of the things that stuck in my mind was look in the mirror. Who do you see? The very person that's in that mirror used to be a young person. They used to be a, you know, way back. You can look at yourself and look at some of the pictures. Every once in a while we'll have a picture day where they bring in old pictures, pictures of some time in your life maybe. And sometimes we get those old pictures out and we realize we're not that person anymore. I go out and watch you guys play ball and I realize I'm not that guy no more. I can't go after a, a ball like I used to. I can see it. I just can't do it. And... uh I realized that we got a problem. How many knows everyone's got a problem? I don't care how healthy you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how many books you read about it. You're going to need a new body. But look in the mirror the next time. When you go home today, I want you to look into the mirror, and I want you to realize that that very person in there, if you know Christ as your Savior, is going to live forever. And I want you to think on that today because there's something special. Connie taught on the Holy Spirit this week, this Sunday, in Sunday school. And the Holy Spirit enters into us, and we are beginning to change. Inside, the Holy Spirit is molding and making us into the children of God the image of our Savior. And sometimes we know that in spite of all of those things, as good as you can do in your spirit and soul, and knowing that what's inside of you is alive and well, yet we all look in the mirror and realize we're getting old. We can't do the things that we can do no more. And sometimes you can't even get down to pray. Sometimes it hurts too much to try to get back up. I think I'll just sit and pray. And then you get to where you think I'll just lay down and pray. <laughs> it comes, becomes rough. Life becomes rough. But God has made mankind in his image. And I want you to understand something. He made you the way you are. He put in you. He knew uh, Jeremiah before he was born. He knew and called him a prophet before he was ever formed in his mother, the Bible says. And I believe that God knows who you are and who you intended to be, but you have to understand something. This salvation that we've got, this beautiful love that Jesus came and paid our price and that we receive salvation from him, not from our works, not from anything we do, but what he has done, this very grace and mercy that God has put inside of us and given us the Holy Spirit to be that witness to us 
Let me tell you something about the Holy Spirit. Yes, he is the witness inside of us. But there's something else the Holy Spirit is. He's a down payment to what's coming. Hear what I'm telling you. Because I want you to get it in your heart. Sometimes God just kind of, how do you say, he brings a simple, simple verse to you, a simple message to you, but he wants you to expound on it. He wants you to talk about it a minute. And I want to tell you something. Look in the mirror next time and say, that guy in there is going to live forever. Only because of what Jesus did. And what he has did in me, he has saved my soul, rescued me from my fleshly self. But I'm still walking around here waiting to die. Isn't that pitiful? Don't that just sound pitiful? You say, come be a Christian. You're going to die anyway, but come be a Christian. You know what? Sometimes you think that way. But I want you to get a hold of this promise today. Because this promise is a promise that I'm going to live eternally. Some people say, I don't know if I'll look like this. You know, if I lost my hair young. Some people say, oh, you're going to be a probably 33 and a half. That's what Jesus was when he left here. And that was a good age for a lot of people. A lot of people was probably in their prime and in their health and all those good things. You might think on that stuff. No, no, but nowhere in the Bible will tell you how old we're going to be in heaven. But no matter what, it's going to be good. And it's going to be right. And there ain't going to be no sickness. And there ain't going to be no more pain, no more separation. What he put inside of us. But we need the rest of it. Lord, I know I'm saved. Father, you have given me salvation in my soul and in my spirit. You have revived me and restored me, quickened me, made me alive by the presence of God. And yet I'm not done. God, I need a body. How am I going to live eternally without the right body? I can't live eternally in this body. Or I can't live in a body. I have to have a new one. Now, sometimes that just scares people. Sometimes you've been so accustomed to the, what the body you got, you just think that's good enough. Mine's doing pretty good. I ain't bad shape to so-and-so or so-and-so. But I want to tell you something, other. God's gave you a promise, and I want you to look past this life. Because as good as you are, the movie stars are spending millions of dollars to try to look like they did when they was younger. And I can tell you right now, it hurts them more than it helps them. I'd almost seen soon to see their picture from back then and see them as they are. Be yourself. Be what God gave you. And hold on to it with all you've got. Hold on to it. Apostle Paul got old, short, bald, all the other things he got. Hey, you know what? You can just be uh, mad at God. You can be upset. But God's not done with this work yet. Praise God. I want to talk to you a minute. It says in Genesis 3.17, and I want you to hear this, because this is where it started. It said, and he said unto Adam, 
Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat of the herb of the field. Listen to this now. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return to the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. How many knows the curse put all of us in death on death row? Every one of you, I don't care who you are, you're on death row because of the curse that God put upon the land and you're going to eat of the, fe- of the fields and you're not going to be in the garden no more eating of those things that, and the tree of life that gives you life. No, your flesh is dying from that time forth. Praise God he gave us grace that we could continue on having children and having life, and having generations. And there's so many good things and blessings of what God, but we only get to see a little of it. I sometimes will watch a film on the, on the TV of, a, of one of the uh, national parks, and I've been to some of them. And when I look at it, I think, man, I can remember playing in the creeks. I can remember climbing the mountains. I can remember going on hikes with my kids. You know, but I can't even do that no more. I have to watch somebody else do it. I got to watch somebody else's vacation film. Isn't that pitiful? Yeah. Well, don't feel sorry for me. I got something better going on inside. I know what he's promised, and I know what he is. I know we're all under that place, and the world... With the best flesh they got, the best brains they got, they're trying to give you just a little more time and give you just a little more pleasure and just a little more of your flesh that you can do a little more. But they can't stop what's happening. Only Jesus is the one that rescues us. Ecclesiastics 12.7 says this, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Now that was Solomon speaking. And Solomon, wise as he is, realized that this body, his body, as great as it was, was going downhill. How many feels like? We say it all the time, we're over the hill. We're past halfway so we're on our way down and at the bottom of the hill guess what's there death's door boy ain't that exciting let me tell you something we kid about it a lot we talk about it but I want you to think serious about it because if you don't think serious about it today you ain't going to have time to think about it later take it serious In Romans the eighth chapter, if you got your Bible, go there. Romans the eighth chapter. I want to read something Paul said. It's in the eighteenth verse. How many knows 
what I said. We need a resurrected body. How many knows you're still in need? You need a resurrected body. You need a body that's eternal. I enjoy the presence of God. I enjoy when God is up. But can I tell you something? You spend that much time in the presence of God and you're wore out. You can't take it. It's like running a lap. It's like running a marathon. You'll go home and you'll be exhausted from the presence of God. You think, well, what are you talking about? I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will get on you, and he'll excite every muscle in you. You'll want to jump. You'll want to run. You'll be so excited you can't be still. And when you go home, you feel like you've been in a wreck. Your old flesh can't take it. But something inside of me, every time I get around the presence of God, makes me want to rise up and do it again. We need, there's reasons, three reasons I wrote down why we need this resurrected body. And I'm not going to, I'm going to give you the first one. It's all in all these verses, but I want you to hear it. In, in Romans 8, verse 18, for I reckon, Paul said, that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature or creation waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. Did you know our earth's waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God? Do you know that the earth is cursed and it's waiting on God to restore the earth? Now in a sense, God's going to restore it by bringing salvation. When Jesus Christ comes back, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. That's 21 chapter of Revelation. It's coming. But I want to tell you something. This, this beautiful gospel and this beautiful promise is already working inside of God's people. See, you can come and accept him today. And you're ready to receive your new body. You're ready, Lord. Lord, we all talk about it. Christians talk about it all the time. We're waiting for the Lord to come back, waiting for the clouds to part. And I am waiting, and I'm looking, and I'm longing. Listen to what he's saying. For the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature, the creation, was made subject to vanity, not willingly. Did you know the earth couldn't sin? It was man that sinned, and it was man that God put here upon the earth that he made for him, and he cursed the ground. But the earth didn't sin. It was man that sinned. So the earth's waiting. It says a creature was made, man, was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creature or creation itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of of God. That's not talking about the earth going to end up being children of God. That's talking about the earth is going to be blessed again with the children of God because what came through Christ because he became one of us and paid our price and won our victory. There's victory in Jesus. So when he comes back and sets up his kingdom, guess what? He's going to heal us. And he's going to give us a new body, but he's going to bless this world. This world is going to be blessed. This world's going to know what it means to have a true government. 
And I said it last week, we ain't going to have crooked people in the White House or crooked people in our Congress sitting over in a corner room somewhere making deals of things against what God intends for this country to be. There won't be none of that when Jesus Christ reigns and rules. And it says, for we know, verse 22, for we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together unto now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of the body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. I don't see how God is able to let me live forever. I don't see the new body. Do you see your new body? I don't see it. I hope I got a little more hair in certain places. I hope I got a little better shape and, and feel better. My back's not going to hurt. A lot of these things. I'm hoping and praying, and I got a hope, but I don't see it yet. I ain't supposed to see it yet, but I hope for it, and I believe it because Jesus promised it. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what does a man see? Why does he yet hope for? But we hope for that which we see not, and then, with, then do we with patience wait for it. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the completeness of our body. We got to have a body, and we know it, and that's why we groan today. One of the first reasons you need a, a, a new body is because you know you ain't going to make it in this one. How many hears that? See, we... We are not complete until we have an eternal body. Soul, spirit, and body. That's what you're made up of. God made us. Do you think he didn't know we needed it? That's why he sent his son to pay our price. We destroyed ourselves with sin, and Jesus came and paid the price to renew us back and restore us back to the place. Now you've got a reason to not say I'm going downhill. You're not going downhill. You're going uphill all the time in Christ. Don't look at death's door and say, poor, pitiful me. No, I say, look at death's door and say, praise God, I'm going home to be with Jesus. That's the promise of God's word. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own? Second reason we need it, the body has got, the, has got to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. Christian, you need a new body for that. I'm trying my best. To fight off this flesh every day. I try my best to stay close to God. To stay in his word. To stay in prayer. To stay alert and aware of the situations. Because the enemy is trying his best to trip up every family. And he did it. And he's not only doing it. He's destroying America. He's destroying Loveland. He's destroying our cities. We got family that can't get along. We got we got. Uh, schools can't get along. We got churches can't get along. Why? Because the enemy's doing a good job to divide and conquer. But we need a new body 
to house the temple. We are the temple. How many knows when Paul wrote that, it was the Holy Spirit that told him that? Because it says, you know you're not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is any which you have of God. That was the promise. You have it of God. The Holy Spirit is going to come and dwell in you. That's why it takes the Holy Spirit to resurrect you. That's why you need to seek the Spirit of God. You need to say, Lord, I'm not walking in this flesh, pleasing this flesh. I've got to please you, and i got to walk where your holy presence tells me where to go. Listen to what I'm telling you, because I'm not preaching something strange. I'm preaching something true that the church ought to be preaching today. And I'm not talking about me. I'm not patting myself on no head or nothing. But I'm going to tell you something. If we don't stay with the presence of God, we won't see our new body that way. In 1 Corinthians 15, 26, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. What does that tell you? That tells me the third part is to restore from the judgment of death. Praise God, I need a new body to be restored from the judgment of this death of this body. See, this old man is dying. My old man's dying. I can rejoice, Grand. I can feel his presence. I can jump up and down till the day I die. But I am going to die in this flesh. I need a new body. How many hears that? How many knows the Bible teaches that you have just, you not only get the spirit of God in you, but you're getting a down payment of what is really coming. And it's coming. Don't forget, Christian, this ain't the end. This is just traveling through a place. We're going to be with Jesus. God's plan of salvation was to redeem us and place his holy presence in our body. We shall be restored from the judgment of death. Praise God. I know it's hard. It's hard when you're looking back at young people and they say, huh, I don't know what he's talking about. I'm healthy as a horse. I, I could run over a, a run a, jump over a wall and run through a troop or whatever they call it. I could do all those things. I don't have to have a new body. Mine's doing pretty good. But the day's coming. See, because every one of us can remember the day when we were kids and could run and fall down and get back up. Not hurt a bit. We remember all those days. But if you live long enough, you got to know you ain't, you ain't going to make it. Hear what I'm telling you, you ain't going to make it. Okay, I want you to turn 1 Corinthians 15. I just read a scripture out of there, but I want to read, read something else. It says in verse 50, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. How quick do you get that body? How quick is it going to change? Huh? 
it says here, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, where the trump shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Who's we? That's the people that has not died yet. They're standing around waiting for the Lord. And when the Lord decides to come back, the graves are not only going to come back, but and the people are going to come back with God. And like, like I said, they went away to be with God. What kind of a body have they got up there? I have no idea. Can I tell you? Bible don't tell you. It tells you one place Moses and Elijah appeared with Christ on the Mount of Transfiguration. And Peter, here's the odd part, Peter and James and John was up there. Christ took them up there, and he looked at them, and, and when he saw them, when Peter, James, and John saw them, they said, it's Moses and Elijah. How did they know it was Moses and Elijah? Was Jesus saved? Let me introduce you. This is Moses and Elijah, the man with the law and the man of the prophets, the man that had the power and the prophet. Did he introduce them? I think they knew exactly who they were. I don't know how, but they knew. I want you to understand something. On the other side of death, you're still going to be known for who you are. Uh-oh. Boy, you know, I, got, I know you want to you throw something at me. I don't want to be like this. I got to have a new body. Yeah, you're going to have a new body, but it's still going to know you. It's still going to be you in there. And they're going to know you. Wow. You know, we, we kind of talk about it. We don't really get around to the truth of it. But I want you to understand, it's all through Scripture. Did you know that in the 16th chapter of Luke, that there was a rich man that had a big wall built around his place, and there was a beggar that hung out outside, and he was always begging for food, and the rich man didn't want nothing to do with him. But they both died, and that one was came, the beggar outside was came, and the angels carried him to Abraham in his bosom, and the rich man, it says, they took him out and buried him. But guess where he was? The next thing, he comes out of his mouth, and he's dead. Listen to me. After death, the rich man looks across and sees Abraham and the beggar Lazarus sitting in him. Uh-oh. You mean he recognized him? Yeah, he recognized him. And he hollered, Abraham, send Lazarus to bring me a drop of water to put on my tongue because I'm in these flames. The flames are destroying me. You think you're just going to be a perished and you ain't going to be worried about it? Let me tell you something. I'm going to read you a scripture in a little bit here. But the truth is, there's a resurrection to life, and then there's a resurrection to damnation. Uh-oh. See, it says Jesus is going to shout with a voice, and some will go to the resurrection of life, and some will go to the resurrection of damnation. I didn't write it. Jesus wrote it. You'll have to deal with him on it. But I want you to understand something. When these two men died... One of them was in Abraham, and the other one was in hell. And I didn't tell the story. Jesus told that story. But the story's telling you that they knew exactly where they were. He knew exactly that he needed a drop of water, and, and Abraham told him, you don't understand, there's a great gulf fixed. 
I can't go down and rescue nobody in hell, and neither can you. If you're going to rescue anybody today that you care about, you better speak to them now. And you better pray for them now. And you better live this gospel out in front of them now because they need to see the gospel truth in you. I don't know what I'm doing, but for some reason I'm getting off the body and I'm getting on to the other stuff. But I know that what God is telling me, we have got to understand we're not just uh, out in la-la land. This ain't, uh, this ain't Disney or this ain't somewhere that they're going to surprise you with the next thing you're going to see. God's gone away to prepare a better place for us, a place that's complete. And what he originally put us in the garden, and we could have lived forever there, but man sins. He, not only Adam and Eve, and you can blame them all you want to, but you too. Every one of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all needed a Savior. I want you to hear this. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. The law that says, thou shalt not. I mean, those laws tell you that every time. And every time you get Moses' laws out and begin to look at it or get out what Jesus said when he came, you're going to find out yourself that you're guilty. You're not living up to what God has told us to live to. And we can't do it on our own. We have to have the presence of God. We have to invite him in and say, Lord, I surrender me to you. You rule. You run my life. It says, but thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I want you to remember that. Death is swallowed up in victory. In 2 Corinthians 4, 2 Corinthians 5. I want you to hear this. And the first verse says, For we know, 2 Corinthians 5, For we know that if our earthly house, this body, of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Now, I want you to skip down to verse 4. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan. There we are groaning again. Being burdened. Not for that we would be unclothed. Not that, Lord, that my body will give out on me and die. Because how many knows we run to every doctor in the world to stop that from happening? Give me another pill, doc. It still hurts. I think I'm dying. Give me something to help me. So we run to it. But it's not that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that is wrought 
us for the self-same thing as God, who also had given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore, we're always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, really, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Why am I reading this? I want you still to hear about the swallowed up. See, you may think when you look at the age of some others, you may, say, you may think to yourself or you might see their sickness and you may say, them poor people, death swallowing them up. How many has ever thought that? Death, death has got a hold of them. It's pulling them toward that door. Swallowed up, Bill. But the way I read this, we're to be swallowed up of life, not death. How many heard what I just said? This mortal being is swallowed up by life, not by death. I'm talking about the Christians. Christian, if you're alive inside, listen to me. You ain't never going to die. You believe it? I believe it. The very second my father died, the very second he went through that door, he was alive forevermore. And so is your loved one if they know Christ. Let me tell you something. We got to get a hold of this promise because we ain't handing it to nobody. We need to hand the promise over and we need to believe it in our own heart. That's why the Apostle Paul say, whether I live or whether I die. You know why? Because he done made up his mind. I'm going the same way Jesus went. See, the apostles watched Jesus as he laid down his life and died for them. But he arose again. He came back with a new body. He showed them that it was still him. The scars in his hands and in his side. He showed them, I don't care if cancer gets you. I don't care if a car wreck gets you. I don't care if a, a shark eats you. Listen to me. You're going to be all right because God will bring you back with a new body, and it'll still be you. You look in the mirror, if they got mirrors then, and you'll say, hey, that's the same guy. Only I'm healthy now. I'm ready to go again. I'm alive forevermore. I ain't got to worry about nothing. Every day is a day with Jesus for eternity. Praise God. Let it go. I don't care what the doctor tells you. Just say, you don't really have the control, doctor. I appreciate all your good work. I appreciate all your studies. I appreciate all your brain. But you ain't in charge. He's in charge. I done turned myself over to him, and I am owned by him. The one that paid my price. The one that walked before me and defeated death. He became one of us so he could die for us. You'll never get over Jesus. We shouldn't even hesitate about teaching our children about Jesus. But the schools in America said, shut the door. Don't let the gospel in there. The gospel is Christ. It's the only thing we know that's alive and well. Why wouldn't we give the ones we love the most, hand them over to him 
that will give them life. Don't let nobody talk you out of it. I don't care how much the devil fills somebody up with a philosophy. I told a guy at work one time about going to heaven, and I was, and I was prepared when I died. The next day, I want you to hear this. This is my friend. He probably, if he, if he hears this podcast, he might hear it. But I ain't backward to say it. He's my friend, and I love him dearly. But the very next day, when I was talking about it, he brought a book in and sat down. And when I turned, come over by him, I said, what are you reading, Gary? And he flips that book over to the side. What happens to your body when you die? He had no idea what the gospel was, but he knew what the science was going to tell him. I'm not picking on him. See, he just like me. He was lost. He needs Jesus. He needs to know there's a hope beyond this body. He needs to know that I don't care what the scientists tell you, that ain't going to help me. That ain't going to help me. See, you remember what Job said, though the worm eat this body, I will stand, praise God, I will stand and I will see my Lord. And he will declare, see, I will stand in this flesh because I'm coming back a new body. Praise God. Everyone that's lost somebody ought to have a hope. Way beyond what the doctor says. Way beyond what the world says. Way beyond the best educated people can tell you. This Bible speaks much volumes past it, Bill, because it's from him. It's from him. Hold on to that. Carrie, I remember. I remember your husband. I remember him telling me, I want to go see my mother and my brother. And he began to weep. I miss them. I haven't saw them since they left here, but I want to go see them. I remember him telling me that in the hospital. You know what? You live your life, you come to the end of it, guess what? You're going to find yourself just like a little child. Jesus, I need you. Hold my hand, Lord. I need somebody to take me across the Jordan River. Amen. I'm coming to it. <clears throat> John 5, 24 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my words and believe on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation Connie you said it but is passed from death unto life Connie said that this morning Sunday you have passed from death unto life what's he talking about when you're born again guess what you have passed from death unto life in here but I still need that body Lord I'm waiting for the whole package I, that's just a down payment Holy Spirit you're in me, and I know you're here, but I need your power, and I need your presence to remold and make me new. I need a new body. On down to verse 28 of John 5, listen to it. Oh, that's a scripture I quoted about the resurrection unto life of they that done evil unto the resurrection of damnation.
John, 1 John 3 said this, Beloved, now are, you, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Praise God. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. How many hears that? I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know what a body that can live forever is. I know what one is when it's young and healthy. I don't know what it is to be old and healthy because I'm older and I'm not that healthy sometimes. It's like it, my body wants attention every day. You know, and I like to tell it to shut up and sit down. <laughs> but the truth is I battle it all the time. And some of you do too. But hear me. Get it in your mind. Lord, you paid my price. I'm a child of the king. I ain't nobody. I didn't earn nothing. But when you surrender, when I surrendered to you and you opened up and came in, when I opened the door, said, Jesus, I want you in me. Can you forgive me? Can you heal me? Can you heal my inside and give me life? Make me alive. I'm tired of looking at the death door. I'm tired of listening to the doctor give me false hopes. You know how many doctors that says, oh, don't worry about the cancer's gone and you're okay. You go down a month down the road, oh, it's all come back. And I'm thinking, somebody misread something. You can't trust what they're telling you half the time. Not picking on doctors. Revelation 20. Becky, Becky was coming back up. Revelation 20 says, Death and hell, and whosoever was not found in the book of life, was cast into the lake of fire. Uh-oh. Did you know this physical death is going to be put away someday? Yeah, I know Jesus paid the price for us, but can I tell you something? The day's coming back, and it's in the 21st chapter, I think the fourth verse. It says, God will wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, no crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. That means these old bodies, this old door of death, Satan and hell and death is going to be put into the lake of fire, and all those that refuse Christ, I'm sorry, I didn't say it, it's in his word. If your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, guess what? You're not waiting on a good report when you get caught up. When Jesus calls you up, you'll not be looking for a good report. I ain't talking about how good you are. I ain't talking about how good you did in your flesh. I'm talking about you knowing him as your Savior. You have to come to the place where I say I don't care what my forefathers are believing. I don't care what the people are believing today. I refuse to accept that this is the end.
benefits of being a Christian. The world don't see it. Your family, smart as they are, and they might look like you, and they may even have the same characteristics and act like you. But if they don't know Jesus, they don't know what I'm talking about. you got to know him. It's personal. He requires every one of us to believe in what he did, that he came in the flesh, born of a virgin, came into this life, laid down his life and died for us. And then he defeated death with resurrection. He holds the keys to death. Our only victory is in Jesus. Our only hope for tomorrow is in Jesus. Don't let the enemy scare you. I ain't worried I said that about the death's door, if it's going through an MRI, because I hate MRIs. If it's going through an MRI, it's about as near to a death's door as I see it, because I feel like I'm dying every time they put me in there. I feel like I'm getting in one of them stretch socks, you know. My arms are going like this, and I'm being pressed in there. And you know, you, you know some people, that don't bother a bit. Other people, yeah, the other people just laughs at that and thinks it's funny, but the real truth is, some people scared to death of a needle. They never did bother me. I don't think I've ever had them shoot me one, more than once. My, my veins just stick out for them, I guess. Sometimes that's hard. I remember Andy telling me, uh, went up to see him one time, and he said they had poked me up 50 times because they can't ever find it. And I realized after about five or six pokes, and you realize they, don't, they ain't found it, Send me somebody else. Christians, we have to take in what God's telling us. Take into your mind and in your heart. Lord, if I know you as my Savior, I ain't got to worry about nothing tomorrow. Sometimes you worry about it because your babies are little. Sometimes you worry about Oh, I just want, don't want God to come back till I can get married. till I can have a few children. I know what all that's about. You know what? Let it go. When it's past, you'll be glad you wouldn't come back. Especially if you could see what the enemy has planned for your children, for your little innocent baby enemy this life is full of destruction but our Lord came to rescue us and he's paid a price none of us could pay where none of us are good enough praise God it don't matter today we, we do our best me and my wife she told me what tie to wear to match her little When I get to heaven, I think we're all wearing robes. Okay? And I don't think you're going to get your pick of color. I don't really know. I, I see it says white linen. I've read that. But I'm going to tell you something. I just want to be there. Amen. I got to make it. 
more than anything, Betty, we got to make it. We got to make it home. Don't you understand the time is short? Don't you understand that the days are numbered? And we are worried, and we worry about death all the time. We worry about whether we're always ready, whether we're going to have a good report from the doctor. He can give me a good report today, and I might die tomorrow. Can I tell you? I have no idea. I've done made up my mind. You do your job, I'll do mine. And I'm not leaning on you. You're leaning on me for a little money. That's all you're leaning on. Sorry. God loves you today. I may not be talking to somebody about their body. I might be talking to you about your soul. See, if you're not ready, you ain't got nothing to look forward to. You have no hope for tomorrow. Be ready. Put all things aside. Put all sin aside. Put all the things that you think God's not happy with. God's not pleased with me. Put it aside. Jesus, if you can restore me, give me a brand new body. You're going to give me an eternal body. A body that's going to last forever. I'm just enjoying the down payment of the presence of God. One day we'll be in his presence. We're going to have to have that glorified body. <laughs> Praise God. Everybody stand if you will. While they sing something, you need to pray, you come. God knows your heart already. There is no secret with God. Whatever you're thinking, whatever's on your mind, whatever you're fearful of, whatever you're worried about, let God have his way. Let God have his way today. And from this day forward, Lord, you rule my life. I give it to you every day, one day at a time. Of a mighty rushing wind, mm, it's closer now than it's ever been. Can almost hear the trumpet as Gabriel sounds. the midnight cry will be going on when Jesus steps out on the cloud for his children the dead in Christ shall
Master prophecies fulfilling the signs of the times. They're appearing everywhere. I can almost hear the Father. We thank you for your patience today.